chat with Tommy Shepherd, MP for Edinburgh East is always a good thing to do. His view of the world is of course focused through an SNP lens, but he has direct answers for any questions posed and the resulting conversation is always pretty interesting. I spoke to him during the recess from Westminster. Joy. Okay. That's you. Yeah. Now yeah. you're, I'm now rec- you're, that's I'm recording on here. here. So shall I switch off the audio on the PC? I think we'll just turn the audio off on the PC. Yeah. And and continue speaking on the phone. That do? Yeah, hold up, just doing it. There, so we're mute on the that's PC. Perfect. That's perfect. That's, that's, I can hear you much better around here. Right, now the only thing is I'm hearing you on both. Uh, uh, so you need, I, you need to pick up the phone and put it to your ear, maybe? Yeah, I can do that. I don't, well, I'll switch you off here. That, uh, yeah, don't switch yeah, the zoom off. Because, uh, no, no, I'll switch, I'll switch the... Audio. My mic off. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Microphone. Okay. Is that? Oh, I see what you mean. Hang on. If I mute myself, there you are. Is that better now? Yeah. Okay. That's better. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mute myself on. uh... Okay. So I've I've muted myself on Zoom. I'm hearing you in my headphone here. And this is is recording this here. And I'm recording. So this should be on. Okay. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can hear you. This is much better. It's much better audio quality. So that's good. Okay. So um, I kind of have, I've just got a few questions. I guess I just want to know, you know, how has lockdown been for you? And you've been uh, battling a good fight with smog, not getting any answers. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, so, so, and and I, I guess actually my basic question at the bottom of all of this is since the general election 2019, is it worth you guys turning up? <laughs> it's a cheeky question for you. Well, you want me to start with that, do you? <laughs> yeah, go on. So you're asking, is it worth it? I mean, I think I think we all ask ourselves, is it worth it for us? Uh, you know, most days. Um Certainly things changed dramatically in December 2019. Uh, up until then, uh, the SNP group at Westminster was uh, very much punching above its weight and because things were so volatile and there was, there was not really a government majority, we were able to defeat it on quite a lot of things, particularly to do with the, the Brexit timetable. And then we went from that to... Um, uh, to to us sort of doing really well in the election and our group going up from 35 to 48. But uh, paradoxically, uh, having much less uh, power and uh, influence in the parliamentary arithmetic after that election, because Boris Johnson got back with a a pretty decent majority. So he's um, providing he can keep his own party in line and they have sort of filleted the Tory party, this bunch, uh, so that will be easier for him than it was for, say, Theresa May or whatever. So providing they can keep them on party line, they're, they're pretty in a pretty secure position until um, 2024, it seems to us, uh, which means that our focus uh, you know, has to shift slightly. And so we, uh, from my point of view, I see less reason to be diligent and, uh, and, and you know, 
going over the top in terms of our parliamentary interventions in the chamber uh, because that process doesn't offer us as much anymore. So we can do a lot more in terms of advocating in our constituencies and campaigning and trying to use other platforms, particularly the media, to raise matters of public concern, whether they be the big stuff about the future of Scotland or the little stuff that affects many, many individuals. Well, the little stuff is certainly affecting an awful lot of people right now, and it looks to me as if there's going to be quite a lot of unemployment. I'm sure that's uh, something that perhaps you, you 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 share that view, and that I suppose comes back to the furlough scheme. Where does the money come from? All of that stuff. So all that Rhys Mogg says to you is. 4.6 billion, Tommy, you've had 4.6 billion out of the barn at Consequentials and you should really be grateful for it. And uh, maybe you don't seem very grateful to him for that. No, well, you know, we are still part of the United Kingdom, so it would be uh, it would be odd, wouldn't it, if we uh, didn't get the same uh, sort of support as other parts of the United Kingdom whilst whilst we're there. Uh, our concern is actually we're disproportionately not doing as we're doing disproportionately worse uh, than or proportionally worse uh, than than other parts of the United Kingdom, and I keep trying to explain to Jacob Rees-Mogg and to others that we're not so much arguing about the total quantum of money, but about the financial powers available to the government to use that money and to make other decisions that can you know can, that can work. I mean, I. What kind of things are you meaning by that? What kind well, of things would you like Scotland to be able to do off its own bat, as it were? Well, for example, I mean, a lot, if you look at the, the big arts rescue package, uh, this is quite topical because this is the month the Edinburgh Festival should have been taking place. Uh, you know, the, the, the big arts rescue package that they announced just before uh, the start of the summer uh, recess, uh, they, you know, they said it was uh, 1.8 uh, and that uh, Scotland would get 97 million. Now, you don't have to be like a, a mathematical genius to work out that 97 million isn't a proportionate share of 1.8 billion across the UK. It's about, you know, it's about 5%, whereas our population share is 8 or 9%. So what's gone wrong? And the answer is, um, well, in England, a large chunk of that money is concerned with repurposing expenditure and allowing uh, English, uh, the, you know, the government in England to switch money, particularly uh, capital sums that have been identified to support revenue operations. Now, that's the sort of thing that we just don't have the authority to do in Scotland, or at least not on the scale, not on the same scale. So what one of the things I've been asking is that, you know, since everyone, unno everyone knows that the financial settlement of devolution wasn't really designed with you know a, a global pandemic in mind, that given we are in such uh, unique and individual circumstances, uh, isn't this a time just to even if they only do it on a temporary basis, just to relax these this financial straitjacket and allow the Scottish government the same freedom to manoeuvre as you know the Department for Culture, Media and Sport has uh, in terms of the the support for the English arts industry. So, I mean, but but it. Every time you ask about powers or rules, you get an answer about cash. I mean, it's like, you know, they're not even equating the same thing. It's like, you know, you ask what time is it? And they, they say it's green. You know, we're not. <laughs> we're not, we're not so, uh, so, 
so so you've 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 not uh, you know you I know you've tried very hard before recess to try and get answers, but uh, really none seem to have been forthcoming. I mean, is it uh, is it infuriating for you? Is it very frustrating? It is, of course, it is, and I mean, and I've been trying to make this remote operation work in terms of my intervention in the parliamentary chamber. I mean, it's my job to to go up against Jacob Rees-Mogg every Thursday morning uh, on on the sort of agenda of the parliament. Mm-hmm. That's that's what yeah. we're supposed to be discussion. But but that of course gives you license to raise pretty much anything because you can say, well, why is this not on the agenda? As well as why is that uh, being discussed? So. Uh, so I've tried, uh, you know, from the uh, confines of my living room, uh, using the the best technology available, <laughs> that I, to uh, to make a presence in the chamber. And you can see that, you know, I'm there. there I am, and my I'm in my uh, I'm my dismembered yes, your Edinburgh living room. My dismembered. Uh, face appears on the screens around the Commons Chamber. I get to say my piece for two minutes. Um, Jacob Reese then gets to ignore me and just switch off. And and you've got the problem with doing it remotely is you've got no comeback, you know, and he I think he has been taking the piss to some extent because he he's been pressing the advantage which you do get by being physically there because you know, we haven't really got a hybrid parliament at all. What we've got is things continuing as they always used to be, but with the ability to join in, you know, remotely by the internet. Now, that's not the same thing as trying to change how the thing operates so that there's everyone's working in a, in a, in a new way. People like Jacob Rees-Mogg are working in exactly the same way they've always worked, and people like me are trying to sort of nip at their heels. Use internet, so it's quite easy for them if they choose to do to be dismissive and 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 to press their their sort of uh, advantage that they have from that relationship. And he's said things, and he's made, he's made some snarky comments that he, frankly, he wouldn't get away with if I was in the chamber because mm, you'd be able to jump meters. up and rejoin. I'd, I'd be demanding the speaker say X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, uh, on you know in doing it mm-hmm. this way. You say your piece, and then you're 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 discontinued. <laughs> you are. It's a bit like the the media briefings here with the Scottish Parliament, which uh, you get one question, or if you're cheeky enough, you get you put in two questions, but you don't really get to come back to the first minister. But right. that's that's expediency of time. That's all. Yeah, but you get to come back every day. Yes, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you- Say, well, I, and I've seen people do it. So, well, you know, yesterday I asked you this and you said this. So, what's yes? So, if you use a supplementary, I have to wait another quite a long by which time the world has changed. You have to wait quite a long time, though. So, when is actually when is Westminster resuming? Is there are there plans for resumption of parliament sometime soon? Yes. Well, yes, I mean, and of course, everything depends on the state of the emergency, but uh, be, usually parliament would come back in the second week of September. Uh, just for a few weeks, and then there'd be uh, another break for the the conference season, as they call it, where everyone went off to the mm-hmm. the seaside to discuss mm-hmm. politics. Uh, so that's all changed. We're coming back right at the beginning of September this time, and there's no mm-hmm. further breaks of any kind. The intention is to press right through to Christmas uh, with a a legislative session, which is going to be mm-hmm. quite heavy, uh, we think, in terms of what the government wants to get done. They're 
They say they will continue the remote voting, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, ability, and and some. I'm not sure yet about whether or not we will have remote participation, the ability to speak remotely, but certainly the remote voting will continue till the end of September while things mm-hmm. are reviewed. Well, that would be at uh, least something. So, but, it, but you know, the, the, the Scottish Parliament does seem to have got the, the virtual uh, sphere sorted out. They seem to have grabbed the, the, the chance to have meetings with people actually joining in and kind of debating quite well, I think. And do you think that's be- is better than well, Westminster? Yeah. Well, yes. And I think the reason for that is is to do with, you know, that's what they wanted mm-hmm. to do. It's just um, the will. Mm-hmm. The, people in, the people in charge of Westminster didn't really want to do that. What they wanted to do was to buy off criticism uh, of, of, of putting people, uh, of, of compromising the public mm-hmm. health by people to do certain things uh, in Parliament. So they wanted to make sure that they, they you know, they, they weren't being criticised for that. But there was no genuine attempt to embrace a new way of working or a new way of discussing things or new technology. Really, it's all been done under sufferance and they've been, they've been screamed, you know, they, they've been dragged kicking and screaming into the, uh, in, in, into the world of the internet, really. It's not something that sits well with parliamentary tradition and they are extremely you know, well, wary, I suppose, of mm-hmm. it uh, and see it as some sort of dangerous newfangled thing that's going to upset the uh, mm-hmm. the way things have always been. So if you can't really um, do very much about Westminster, certainly not in August because they're not meeting anyway. Um, so um, going back to constituency matters, even running a constituency office is difficult because the office itself is not open. Um, but does that mean you actually you're are, are you doing some kind of virtual one-on-one meetings with constituents, or how are you managing all of that caseload? Yeah. So, well, the first thing to say. So, we've been we have all been working from home in terms of the office, um, and we've got you know we've got the technical wherewithal to do that. And actually, uh, people have been working harder than than usual because our casework has shot up. Mm-hmm. We, you know, it's it's eased a bit now, but certainly in the first couple of months of the lockdown, our casework was running at fifty percent more than it was the year before, and most of those cases were to do with um, coronavirus and particularly with people falling through the gaps in the various schemes that had been set yeah. up uh, by the government, by both governments. Although my locus is is in Westminster. So we were trying to help a lot of people, particularly self-employed people and local businesses, mm-hmm. to to access support. Uh, and one of the most, in, in, you know, and we've spent a lot of, I mean, I've written, I've forgotten how many letters I've written to Rishi Sunak. I've uh, stopped counting, really. Um, you know, but we, we, we so we, we pressed ministers, we pressed senior officials, uh, both to get policy tweaked at times, but also just to use their discretion to, in, in favour of individuals where we feel something has has happened unjustly. And that's been that's been the bulk of what we've done. That, I suppose, and there was an initial flurry of stuff at the beginning in terms of the foreign officer, uh, in terms of get, getting people home when they were, who were stranded abroad and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, but it's been busier than, than, than usual, to be honest. I think, I think uh, some, some uh, I was reading something the other day where people were saying about uh, colleges and universities going back in the States. And they were saying, actually, 
you've got much more participation uh, with you know, the virtual, the online classroom, as it were. And also people put forward more questions because they put them forward, perhaps they type them into the chat function or whatever, and they don't have those inhibitions about standing up in a classroom and asking a question. So perhaps uh, th there are some good things might come out of uh, the, the virtual online world. Um, well, well, maybe. I mean, I think I think as courses for courses. I mean, I think there it's the thing you can't do online is empathy. I mean, you can't you can't look into someone's eyes and, and feel their pain, mm. you know. So you, it's it's that's never going to to happen because you're operating just with two of the five senses apart from anything else. Mm. So so it's you know it's never going to be. Uh, a, a, a complete substitute for human interaction mm. in, in in that sense but in terms of straightforward you know exchange of information it can all it can quite often be a lot more efficient and and effective mm. uh, than uh, i'm sure sure we've all sat around in many meetings where we felt we wondered what on earth you know that's an hour of my life i'm not going to get back <laughs> At least, uh, at least when you're on a Zoom call, you can switch your video off and go make a cup of tea. <laughs> There's a way of making it look as if you're still there, actually, and still moving around. You just film yourself and you leave that video running whilst you go and make a cup of tea. So it looks as if you're oh, still there. <laughs> wow, that's, no, that's really gaming this system. I haven't, uh, I haven't that yet. <laughs> your earlier question, yes, we are also using the technology to have one-on-ones with constituents. Uh, we do. We have been. There's not been a great take up because we people have tended to come to us and we've dealt with the problem as it's arisen. But we've we've offered the idea of a virtual advice mm -hmm. session where, where, you know, without notice, anyone can just yeah. ask, think and, uh, and, and, and mm -hmm. come in. And I am now beginning uh, to look at seeing it, actually discussing things physically with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, from in a, in a social distance manner, and we're looking at we, we're working. Uh, my my camp, uh, uh, Ros, my office manager, is working up a uh, what's the word? A, a risk ah, assessment. Okay. A risk yes, assessment. to to work out how to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so I mean, it's quite a small office we have in Portobello, mm -hmm. but uh, but you know we will be we'll be looking at getting the perspex in and, and and what have you, so that we can. Uh, so that we can get back to being open in, in, in that office. It may not be a while, I think, before we're back to full yes. health, but, but we can certainly be open part-time and we can have people working mm -hmm. partly, partly yeah. from the office. And yeah, well, it's certainly one of the things. It's, um, it, it's certainly introducing us to an awful lot of technology that we can embrace, and that's perhaps one of the, the, the good things which, uh, which has come out of it. So you haven't really been back to the House of Commons at all uh, since uh, no. March. Stay away from that uh, cesspit. Uh, <laughs> so no, no, no queuing for you in uh, no huh? queuing for Sorry? you and next to all your fellow MPs. I mean. This is in part because of my own uh, the my own health ad mm. advice from a from a doctor, but also uh, also because I'm in a, in in my family group. I've got two. Uh, I've got my mother and my mother-in-law who are in their nineties, and you know and we have to be especially Absolutely. careful. Uh, so just didn't you know? I didn't really feel, and it was there was nothing. There has been nothing where I've you know not been able 
to at least make sure my constituents were represented. I've I've not missed any votes by mm-hmm. you know by not being there. Always had a method to to be able to do it. And as I said at the beginning, that's you know, you know with the government's got a majority of eighty, it's unlikely to that my vote will make any great difference. Yeah. Uh, but it needs to be registered, and people need you know, know yeah. and, and being able to quiz ministers and quiz officials and and raise questions. The only thing they won't let you do for some reason is is speak in a debate. Mm. Which I don't understand because they're quite happy to let me make a two-minute what, what is effectively a speech every Thursday yeah. morning, uh, uh, using the same technology in the same place that you would need to make a two-minute speech in the mm, afternoon. That's but, unfortunate but, that you can't do that. Well, it's because they make this distinction between scrutiny proceedings mm. where you're asked questions and uh, deliberate, deliberative proceedings where you're you know uh, having a, a discussion or a mm. debate. Why they, I mean, it's mm. you need to invite the heads of the establishment and ask mm. why that's a valid distinction. I can't see. No, they maybe have to change that. It depends really what the um, you know, what the forward looking uh, you know, scenario is going to be. If this is going to continue for until next year, yeah, uh, with then they may need to to make some changes um but you know looking ahead uh, or perhaps looking at the the here and now and also looking ahead um you know i, I know you're an snp mp so you're bound to have your view that the snp government here has been doing a, a reasonable job i'm guessing that might be your your position um and um so you know f- f- what uh what is your what are, what are your thoughts on the future then, and what are your thoughts on how how we can then get out of this and deal with the the debt mountain, which is you know, rising all the time? Uh, well, there's there's a lot in mm. there. Uh, but, I mean, look, look, I don't. It's not some sort of party political competition. This or no. uh, you know, as to who's done the best. I mean, I I think the polls suggest that people in Scotland seem seem uh, more uh, relaxed and confident about the performance of the Scottish government than they do than people in England do about the performance of the of the UK government so um, in fact I, I believe there's some polls that show that Nicola Sturgeon is more popular in England than Boris Johnson so you know that's, uh, that's, that's quite remarkable and I think she has been exceptionally uh, sure-footed uh, at how she's done it and I also think that she has shown a commitment just even though it may not seem like it sometimes, but she's shown a commitment to just be be entirely open about it and open the book sort of thing. And so she's there's no sense that the stuff's being held back. And if and if it's bad information, she's quite happy to put it out there, yeah. you know. Um, and so and I think people have a sense of reassurance about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the effect on the ground is is a little better, but it's not it, you know it's not. It's not as if everything here is all good and everything is all bad. Of course not. But yet, but yet the the perception that the public have of their relevant the the, 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 the um, respective administrations is really quite quite marked. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what does that mean? For, I mean, it's hard to say what that means for the future. Um, I, I think what's you know it's ironic, isn't it, that support for independence has gone up since since we stopped campaigning about it. I mean. Um, and I think, as John Curtis and others have remarked, I think uh, a big element of what's happening is that 
that, that people are watching the, the, the Scottish government with all its limitations and all its constraints, uh, but they're watching it, you know, make a decent fist out of something that, that quite literally is about life and death. And I mean, and, and, and they're perhaps regarding it with a little bit more uh, seriousness and they, they, they see it as having as being more purposeful than they might have imagined it before. And it's clearly something that is quite different from just being a big council now. It's not this is this is about representing national policy, about uh, about you know trying to reflect the character and the psyche of the the public mood uh, in these debates. And I think you know people are are they're, they're, I suppose those that were that were uneasy about the idea of Scotland getting more political authority and, you know, more political capacity and moving towards independence. People who are uneasy about that are perhaps a little bit less uneasy than, than they were because of their experience of how the government's actually been managing things. Now, we don't know. Uh, and of course, you know, as, as a number of incumbents have done across the democratic world, uh, the, you know, the, the first minister's personal uh, rating is is extremely high. Her stock is extremely high, and that you know gives her party, my party, political capacity and and, and authority. Now, whether those things feed through to the May elections, I I, I don't think we, we should make assumptions about that. We have a long um, way to go before then. Of course, there's a long way to go, um, uh, and we don't know. We don't know if any of those attitudes are going to translate into votes. We don't know what the situation is going to be by the time we get to, to Christmas, never mind next next May. Uh, there may be, you know, the crisis may be being resolved or there may be, may have intensified with different layers of things mm-hmm. coming in. So, you know, uh, but I think the argument that we would be making uh, is that that it is right that we should move towards becoming politically independent because having that capacity and authority to take decisions as a small northern European country uh, gives you much more gives you the ability to be more agile and more effective at getting things done mm-hmm. and uh, and that applies to dealing with a health emergency as much as it does to rebuilding a resilient economy which is grounded in our strengths here in Scotland and will lead in my view to a greater long longer term prosperity than being buffeted around as as the UK, you know, goes in its post-Brexit uh, adventure. Well, there you are. That's the other thing is 1st of January 2021. And uh, we apparently have uh, left the Euro- European Union with uh, with no deal, we'd seem, at this point. Well, oh, I dare say there'll be something stitched up in the final moments, but it'll be a rudimentary <laughs> deal that sort of just, you know, puts a, a sticking plaster over the, over the gashes and the... In the wound, um, but uh, it's not going to be good. I mean, I don't think even the advocates of Brexit are claiming now that it's going to be particularly good. Uh, and it's going, you know, there are very difficult times ahead because all of this, mm. all of this compounds the ability to recover socially and economically uh, from the coronavirus um, and to protect against future pandemics. So, you know, again, I, I think we'll, we, will, we will make the argument that we are better able to do all of this if we have the political ability to act uh, in Scotland rather than being, you know, being a small part of a much bigger mm. entity uh, mm. operation, which which uh, 
which, which understandably will want to reflect attitudes south of the border, which may not be reflected mm. here. Well, they don't seem to have been reflected here for some time. If you look at the uh, the voting of the of the Scottish people and uh, the uh, the number of uh, Conservative MPs, etc., uh, it reflects all of that. So um, I have uh, probably run out of questions, actually. For you, that's terrible, isn't it? Not to have another question, <laughs> but uh, but no. you're quite happy to be back here in Portobello. But... Come back. Pardon me. Anytime you have any more questions, <laughs> I'm. More... But uh, you know, I think we're. Uh, yeah, everything's weird, isn't it? I mean, I, I just think you know we're in the middle of August in Edinburgh, and every and it's quiet. There's a sort of some ambulance about the place that's uh, that's really really it weird. Is. We were out uh, taking photographs the other evening of uh, the um, my light shines on, and we yeah. happened to go round by George Square, which of course was eerily dark and eerily quiet. And it is it's quite sad actually if you stop too long yeah. to think. But and I suppose the the thing that's that that's most uh you know well it could most drive drive you crazy about all of this is the is the the lack of an end point we just don't know there's uh, no certainty as to when yeah. anything gets better or yes. you know when we're able to touch each other again it's uh that's really that's that's i think is what is uh it's upsetting yeah. me and my and i'm sure you know that, that, that's quite a common thing. So if we, ha I mean, if we knew that this was all going to be over by next Easter, we all we had yeah. to do was hunker down and do it. Then, then that's one thing. But the fact that you just do not know, uh, it's like, you know, it's like being out in the moors and trying to get to the top of the hill, and it, it keeps it, going away it, from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and even if there's a vaccine, uh, it's still, still an, an unknown. Um, yeah, well, that would be a start. I mean, but uh, it has to be a, you know, it has to be a, a, a vaccine that's that has a general purpose as well. Of course, I mean, there's no point, no point this particular strain being defeated only to be replaced by COVID nineteen. Yes, you know? exactly, exactly. Well, hey, I think uh, I've got a good chunk of stuff out of that that I can uh, edit okay. and uh, and you know fit into a podcast and uh, do something with. And um, what I've been starting to do for our newspaper is take longer articles. So if you wanted, uh, if you know, I think 150 words is probably too short to be meaningful. So I think I'll give people fewer opportunities, but a longer article. So if you have anything by, say, the 22nd of August for our September paper, then uh, that you okay. could uh, you could always submit that. We uh, we may have two pages of Scottish government advertising. We've been campaigning with, uh, to the DCMS, which was completely that just was a, a complete brick wall. Uh, but the Scottish government have a three million pound advertising campaign, and we're apparently getting a little chunk of that. So uh, that would help. Every little helps. Absolutely, absolutely. But hey, it's lovely to speak to you. Thank you very much. And I think uh, I know that this is recorded here on on the phone. So uh, I think that was a better a better plan. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much, Tommy. Okay. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.
you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk. And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk Thank you.